Hello. Welcome back to the Non-Essential Workers Podcast, left-wing podcast on media, politics, and much, much more. I'm Alex. I'm Aiden. And I'm Jason. And this week, it is my turn to present us with the horror show that is the news. Uh, we've just had a big uh, election, and by big, I mean it's the smallest of elections, but it's still everywhere, uh, running throughout the country. So I think I will start us off with a section that I like to call uh, Democratic Hack Frauds. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. The first article is about something that's, uh, I almost want to do like a deep dive on, but not completely. So let's just riff on it a bit. <laughs> Buffalo mayor declares write-in victory over socialists who beat him in the Democratic primary. This made me so fucking pissed, this entire saga. Huh? What do they mean, right in victory? It's what it sounds like. They literally put themselves back on the ballot as a right in in the general election, despite losing the primary. Oh, despite losing the primary. See, I I, I misread the end of it. But the, I mean, did they get the percentages? They they seem to have won. Yes. Yep. Wait, what? They beat India Wallen, which I was really hopeful. Wait, wait a second. So you're telling me? Um, uh, the Democrat, a previous incumbent Democratic mayor, mm -hmm. lost his primary. Correct. Created a campaign to run essentially third party. Correct. And got a plurality of the votes and beat the socialist, uh, the whatever, the Democrat who won the primary and the Republican who ran against them? Yeah, well, the Republican was never going to win because it was a heavily Democratic city. So it was just a question yeah, of which Democrat won. Though, as we talked about last time. I mean, what the fuck? How yeah, in the world did he have the numbers and the support? And how did he lose the primary? It's really wild. Yeah, there was a, a incredibly well-funded, overfunded smear campaign against the against uh, the Democratic candidate, the official Democratic candidate, um, and the Democratic establishment. Of course, like completely devoured her, abandoned her outside of Bernie Sanders and and the uh, you know quote unquote squad members. It was really unsurprising but disgusting to see. Um, and this guy, Byron Brown, is basically a Republican anyways. So. Yeah. yeah, but the question is, how did the, uh, the Democratic Socialist win in June? Where did all her support go from June to November? It's like Aiden just said, you know, like with, with you know, the Prop 8 or whatever it was, the, the, the 22, whichever one it was in California where Uber was fucking everyone. When they interviewed the people who voted on that, something like 40% of them thought they were voting for workers' rights when they were voting for it, even though it was the opposite because of how incredibly well-funded the disinformation campaign was. So lots of people who probably thought they were supporting like the good thing didn't understand who to vote for because of the manipulations of these ads. But, but okay, I literally looked at a ballot yesterday. With a big D across the board, it gives the name of the people who won their Democratic primaries. With a big R, it shows you who are the Republicans running. A write-in or a third-party candidate shows up as a write-in or third-party candidate. So if people just down-ticket vote D, they can't have fucked this up. Yeah, but that's not, that's not the premise. The premise is that the advertising convinced them to put in the write-in under the grounds that that was somehow the real person for workers. Right? How are there people who voted for India Walton in June who changed their mind from June to November? Also, bear in mind, all the Republicans probably voted for this guy instead of the Republican, knowing that he was the only one that could win. Okay, okay that's actually interesting. Uh, 
That actually makes sense. Huh. Man, that's brutal. Because the Republican couldn't win. He never would have had the numbers, whereas this guy could, and he was so much more right. And he's essentially a Republican, so... I I literally, just by by happenstance, was just re-listening to the uh, Chapo Trap House interview of India Walton. And let me tell you something. She's not hard left. Like she was a moderate socialist, yeah, like democratic socialist. She was like pro police, relatively speaking. She was calling them workers. She was basically saying that like she wants to bridge the gap between the left and center. Like she was about as tame as you're gonna get from like a Bernie Democratic Socialist contingent of this new left. So if anyone tries to tell you that like, oh, the issue is just that we haven't compromised enough with the right wing of the Democratic Party, not only is that clearly false, since they wouldn't even accept this very tame version of this idea but they actively undermine someone who won their own primary going out of their way to fuck up. like they could not be less helpful even if you play the game exactly as they say you need to play it this it is why you don't play the game what happened to bernie if he had won this is why you don't ever compromise you only ever push farther to the left because you'd be accused of being a communist anyway so you mm-hmm. may as well actually be a communist if you're a communist, yeah. Yeah. Huh. I mean, that, this is a fascinating story because yeah. there's, there's, there's all these other dimensions, which is, as you say, Alex, Republicans contributing into the Democratic voting pool. Um, a successful writing campaign is surprising just in and of itself. It's just a, an example of, of how easy it is. You know, it's, it's basically what Jason just said, uh, how easy it is to smear anyone who... Uh, advocates for progressive values, uh, even if they aren't like as as left as you would imagine a true socialist would be. Um, as soon as you have any kind of uh, identifying traits that can tie you to the left progressive movement, it's so easy for for corporate interests, anyone with with money enough to run a concentrated um, smear and ad campaign to basically tell people what your beliefs are even if you don't believe in them, like the fact that she was painted as extreme anti-police, give give Buffalo to the anarchists, which of course anarchism is all about lawlessness and murder, as we all know. Um, yeah, it, it's it's pretty pretty depressing um, because as you said, Alex, uh, she wasn't like the farthest left candidate by any means that could could have existed, and it still was just too much. She was the most she was the most generous black woman running as a democratic socialist towards police I could have possibly imagined. Like calling them workers, saying that they have families and they need to have pay raises. Like she if anything she was I mean, let's be fair, they are in fact workers who do have families. Yeah, not exactly. I mean, they have families, but to say that they're a worker implies that they're not essentially the the destruction of workers as their primary premise. Like workers who destroy workers are kind yeah, of Yeah, but that is a job. Um, I mean, tech, tech CEOs are working as being a CEO, but it's not, it's not the same category, I would argue. Regardless, the, the vast majority of socialists do not consider police workers for very obvious reasons. They're not and laborers. They're not, they, they they're not blue capital. collar. Right. They're not they, are, they are, the, they are the, the savage dogs of the bourgeois class. They're not, they're not themselves like a part of, they don't have the same interests as the working class is the point. No, no. And um, for her to be even giving them that much credit to be even suggesting increasing funding to police, to be talking about while she supports Black Lives Matter, she also supports the police and reducing crime. It's like she was the perfect synthesis of like neoliberal ideas into 
reforms for the poor. I mean, you couldn't have picked someone who was less dangerous on that, that aspect while being, you know, in this Bernie contingent. Um, so, you know, as you're saying, she may as well have been a communist. It didn't matter what she was saying. Cause what she was saying was so palatable to most people if they had understood what it really was. Um, the reality is our politics is totally binary. And I don't mean binary as in polarized. I mean binary as in do the moneyed interests want you or do the moneyed interests not want you? It, there is no degree. There's no like, well, India Summers was 70% of the way towards them. Like, no, the, it's a binary choice. The people with money chose Byron Brown over India Walton. That's all that mattered. Mm-hmm. She could have been Bernie Sanders himself. She could have been like the, a Chilean socialist who lives in a shoe, or she could have been what she is, which is like a barely, basically a Democrat from the 2000s. Yeah. It doesn't make a difference because she's not in control. We don't have actual grassroots movements that lead to victories in elections. Every single modern grassroots movement has led to a loss in elections because the moneyed interests ultimately decide. They, they take interest in what the grassroots are feeling. But ultimately, it's up to the moneyed interest to decide where we put the money, where we ship people, where we campaign, how we win each state. So, uh, look, more power to Byron Brown. The, the ability to convince the bourgeois class to support him, despite losing a Democratic primary and running a write-in candidate, uh, uh, campaign and somehow getting secretly getting Republicans from Buffalo on board, I'm sure giving them all sorts of bullshit that he's going to do once he's in office, that is, that is political savvy at a high level. Yeah, dude, this is not some basic yeah. shit. I mean, the dude knows what he's doing because he's a multi-term mayor, but he was also a massive scumbag. Yeah, but they're all very... scumbags. No, no, not really. Not compared to who he was running against. Um, no, no, no. And... no I, don't, I don't mean I don't mean him compared to India Brown as uh, uh, India Walton is a scumbag. What I mean is, virtually all career politicians who have any degree of political savvy are already scumbags. He just did what was expected of him. He just went a little above and beyond what your typical. You know, this the the um, crowd. Who the guy that AOC beat? He probably could have tried to do something like this. He just didn't have the the savvy to do it. It's just it's just astounding that they would even allow this. Like that the Democratic Party would be like, yes, you, a multiple multiple term Democratic uh, mayor, are going to contest our own candidate, and we're going to go. That's good. We're going to back you. It is because the Democratic Party is not the party of the people. It's the party of the elites. But they're not even the party of process, which used to be their whole thing. Yeah, but this is technically legal. Like you're allowed to run a write-in can- candidacy. It's just that ninety percent of most way more, oh, virtually every single write-in candidacy falls flat tremendously. They get like one percent of the vote. This is so clearly against the most basic, understood norms and decorum of the party that you don't run against the candidate who wins the primary. Right, because that's, the decorum the thing is bullshit. The decorum thing is a, is a, is a, is a facade. The decorum is like a pretending we follow decorum when we to get what we want. But yes, if we don't get what we want, fuck the decorum. Yes, of course. It's just that like it's full mask off 2021. That's yeah. all yeah, I'm saying. We've been with that for years now. They've, everyone's yeah. mask off. Yeah. And I'm glad for it, honestly. They for, put out the, mask the, off, the message for so many years, vote blue, whatever, whoever is running. Um, but yeah, it's the same party that scolds anyone who votes, you know, green, third party, whatever. I, I agree. This is, this is very naked. Uh, and uh, ties in horrifically well with um, what's been going on and with the uh, negotiations for the, you know, build back better bill and, and so and so. But, you know, it's uh, I, I also agree with Jason to, to a little bit. I guess it's a little bit freeing to be like, to just be able to say, hey, look, they're, they're just fully admitting where their interests lie. 
Well, I'm going to take this one opportunity to post something about Pete Buttigieg when he's not the most angering thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, the last one was from Yahoo. I don't know if I mentioned that. This one is from Business Insider. Pete Buttigieg says, the U.S. needs to tackle COVID in order to solve supply chain issues. <laughs> is this quote from 2019? Or, you know, February of 2020? It's from like four days ago. <laughs> Man. That's the reason. The idea that we've not been trying to tackle COVID. I'm, I mean, what is, what? I, I want to get in the mind of someone like Budigig. Oh, you don't. <laughs> what does he think he's trying to convey? That he understands something? Yeah, well, this one puts me at a, at a loss. Well, in 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 kind of a hypothetical exercise, what do you think he thinks tackling COVID even means? Like, do you think he can even he even means on like a global level? Do you think that's like what he's going for? No, I think he means like opening up trade agreements even more, so we can, you know, widening the Suez, so we can get more boats through. That's no make, fucking idea. Make more boat swains wear masks. Yeah. Even besides the fact that it's not clear what that would involve. To frame it as, you know, when there's like two-thirds of a million dead, the issue is the supply chain. Guys. In America alone. It's a supply chain. Like, what? <laughs> that would be the framing? This is literally Dune. The only thing that matters is if the spice flows. He may as well have just said mind. that. Um, I, I mean, he's looking at like the trolley car problem and he's like, this is really going to congest traffic. The right. train he needs thinks the trolley car dilemma is about the trains. Right. He thinks that the problem is that the train's going to be late. Um, and I, I, I don't know what kind of person it takes to look at the intense human suffering and misery and loss of this pandemic and be like, capital is less efficient because of this. This is a big deal for our bottom line. I don't like... And this is a Democrat. Like, this is someone who claimed to be like not even the furthest right of the Democrats. I, I don't know what we're supposed to take from this other than, like, this is a soulless husk of a man. The takeaway is that Pete Buttigieg is not a humanist. And for any of those who don't like labels or are confused by what that means, humanists are people who care about the suffering and well-being of humans and other sentient creatures. I do not include Pete Buttigieg in that, in that grouping. <laughs> people who these care people or people are who are so, human? <laughs> these people are so committed to capitalism that they value... It, essentially objects more than human lives they view human lives in terms of how much is this going to cost me not how can we save these people no matter what and they are therefore evil that's what makes them evil because they don't care about human suffering the the the, the sign that you have morals whether you're an animal whether you're a dog or a human is the capacity to recognize suffering in other animals and, and creatures of your kind fairness you know when, when things aren't shared nicely or fairly and the the desire to help make people's bet lives better the desire to spread joy the desire to play play is like the number one indicator of larger brain function and and moral capacity people geek does not have the capacity to play and to and engage in moral behavior he just doesn't he's a computer He's running numbers. That's what he did at Kinsey. That's what he did when he was running his campaign. He's running numbers. What are the numbers that will get me more power? What are the numbers that will get me more money? What are the kids I have to adopt to make me seem more like a human? 
He's not. He's basically not a human being. And I'm sorry if you think I'm dehumanizing a gay guy. You know what? It's nothing to do with him being gay. It's nothing to do with him being white or been or you know 35 or it's his his behavior is that of someone who does not value human lives. That is the indictment on him. Also, having an identity is not a shield against criticism. Like you can't be like, well, if you're gay, you, you free pass, be a Nazi. Like I mean, no, obviously there's a limit to that. You know, you can't just be Milo. Uh, so yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know what we're supposed to do in that situation. Uh, I mean, this is like the this is the you know the neoliberal neoliberal construct, though, isn't it? It's to it's that systems that that ideas, uh, economic theories matter more than material the outcomes. People who make them. And make sure they exist and make sure they function. Oh, it's, God, it's it, so it, frustrating. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's more important that the market is free than that people are free to pursue wholesome, healthy lives. That's, that's the reality of people like this. It's like, because there's some abstract idea that because they believe in the system, if it's not working perfectly, then that, that must somehow, without any real examination translate to worse outcomes for your average american when we all know that's not that's not the case there are many things that we could attend to immediately for people who are already suffering um before we worry about whether you know enough uh computer chips or terracotta pots are making their way across the ocean to america now i i i I will say like let's let's give him the most charitable reading of this statement which is that which is which is that he's trying to convince like republicans why they need to get vaccinated or something, right? No, no, this is a problem. I don't care if he's trying to convince Republicans. That game's been lost, and it was lost years ago. Well, the only objective here is to convince the masses of people who do not vote and, and remain outside of the democratic process. You don't need to convince Republicans of a goddamn thing. Well, you just need to beat them. Let's engage in the thought exercise, because I feel like Axe is going somewhere. Yeah, I, was, I was trying. I'm not talking about Republican politicians. I'm talking about Republican voters. Like you still need to get the country vaccinated. We're only at like we're like we're not even at 60 percent national vaccination, I, I believe, which is not enough for herd immunity. So I, you could make the argument that you want to play to like a centrist capitalist frame to try to get people who have no shits given about their own survival uh, for a vaccine to try to be like, OK, please take this seriously, because don't you like making money? Like, I, I do understand that argument, but the problem is it doesn't, not only as I think Jason was getting to, does that almost never work? It's not like the Republicans are waiting to hear from a reasonable Democrat. They don't care about what any Democrats But they think he's a fucking demon. Um, they don't give a shit. They certainly wouldn't want to use, as you say, a gay guy to pitch to Republicans anyway, since that's like a huge problem for them usually. But even besides that, the capital class, who's kind of also who he's talking to with this kind of statement, like kind of signaling, I guess I'm your guy. They've clearly shown they're willing to just throw bodies into the gristmill, whether there's COVID or no COVID. Like the whole thing was just get back to work, motherfuckers. Like we don't care if there's COVID, get in there. Um, in fact, like the whole title of our show is kind of a reference to the fact that they'll just give you a pat on the back and call you like you're an essential worker, which is a way of saying go die for us, go die in the gristmill. You're essential to the meat grinder that is capitalism. Yeah. Like they just—they're just like Uruks doing Saruman's well. Like he doesn't care how many die. We've all seen and been disappointed by Snowpiercer. We are the children that go on the engine and get fucking crangled around until we die. That's the way it works. Yeah, so the idea that you could appeal to either the Republican voting base or like an elite capital class to suddenly do something 
for this reason, I, I don't think really tracks. I don't think it really makes sense, even giving that most charitable reading of why someone might make a pitch like this. I would give a more favorable rating to Budigig if he came out and just did the speech that they make Charlie's mom give. Money me. Me, money. Money now. Like, yes. Just be honest. You just want to win next time. Shut the fuck up about caring about people. You clearly don't. Everything just, you've ever done before this demonstrates that. Well, he also just needs to have a certain number of headlines per month so that he can stay relevant because he's irrelevant, uh, which is probably the other issue. Yeah. God damn, I hate these us. people. Oh, do, do, are you tired of hating people? From Fox Business, Manchin accuses progressive Dems of holding the infrastructure bill hostage. This is actually, I mean, this is a well-established, it, it's very in the, in the weeds about how American, but like, the bill is so neutered at this point, it's basically, which it's, it doesn't even have to go Armstrong, all the bridge shit, like, everyone likes to say they like, like, that can go through regardless. Like, I just, I don't want to see Manchin ever again. I don't want to see his face, I don't want to see his name, I don't want to see it in text. I feel about Manchin the way, you know, everyone felt in, like, 20, uh, like, 18 about Trump. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see, I want it, I want Google to automatically filter it out. That would I just be don't very want to nice. hear about this motherfucker anymore. Yeah. The way I feel about Manchin, I'll say for private conversation, I don't think that it should be anything that should be recorded um, for legal reasons. I will admit to crimes of <laughs> public yeah. rep. Use your uh, imagination, audience, about how we feel about Manchin. Yeah, I'm sure you'll find it shocking. Um, I mean, yeah, just in the face of this, it's very stupid because it, it, it makes no sense. It's a negotiation. It kind of like to hold it hostage uh, suggests that progressives have more power any other kind of party negotiation. Then he was when he was holding it hostage two, two weeks right. ago. Right? All he's saying is is they want different things, and and like him, they are holding out on those things. Right. It was neutered successfully, so now he's on board, and now the people who didn't want it neutered are saying they're not on board. But yeah, welcome to politics. I also agree. I think yeah, I think they should abandon it at this point. Just kill it. It's it's not it. it's not worth much, and and they're gonna get Do blamed it. either way. They should at least show their their constituents that they're going to stand for what they believe in. Uh, it's not, it's obviously not the outcome any of us wanted, but unfortunately it's not the most shocking of outcomes either. You mean we're not going to build back better? We're not going <laughs> to do anything better. It, isn't it, it? It's like big baller brand though. Like this is like the, it's so stupidly written and framed. Oh my God. I will, I will say I, I'd rather have Lonzo ball fucking writing our legislation for anyone who's kind of been under a rock about this thing because they just don't want to hear about it, which I almost feel like doing, but can't. Um, there are 48 senators who are nominally in favor of the bill as it was originally written, who are all Democrats, who are not Joe Manchin or Kristen Sinema. The only two that were actually holding the bill hostage because they were necessary to complete the vote and were the only holdouts officially. And hide the other 10 to 15 Democrats. Officially, the only holdouts are Manchin and Sinema. For Manchin to accuse them of holding it hostage is the most ludicrous projection of his own crime possible. This motherfucker and that idiot from Arizona or whatever are the only reason that this could not pass. Because if the two of them got over their bullshit, theoretically, with a 50-50 split in the Senate, and with the vice president casting the deciding tiebreaker, that means they pass whatever they want. Except the problem is it was dead on arrival because the reason Manchin and Cinema could afford to be the ones who say no is because they're the safest Democrats. They would have just found a, the whip would have found a slightly less safe incumbent Democrat to be the one to oppose it. It was never going to pass. 
Well, Manchin's, Manchin's not safe at all. He can be replaced by a Republican at any time. But he essentially he thinks it does the same thing. He's my, the my point is, in the Democratic primary. Right, my my but, point is the yeah. way the whips work is is mostly this stuff. Is figuring out which Democrat they can afford to you know um, turn into a martyr to let a bill die or to let a bill get through. Like it's not sure. But at, at the end of the day, whoever is playing Judas for the for the semester is going yeah, to yeah. kill it, and whoever to, that yeah. is. Whoever that is is doing the betrayal. They might be doing the betrayal on behalf of several other people, but they're doing the betrayal. Yes, for, right, him yeah. to, for him to be like, oh, they're holding it hostage. It's like you're the only person holding it hostage, you and Cinema. There's no one else who's holding it hostage officially. My so point is only ridiculous. that Manchin is not a uniquely bad figure. Yeah. He's just doing his job. No, <laughs> like, he's a very bad figure, but he's not uniquely bad. Yeah, he's just covering for like Menendez. I, I didn't say he's not bad. Like he's not uniquely bad. What I'm saying is this could have been. Any other fucking moderate dem, it could have been fucking our, you know, our our where we lived, uh, senator could have been like it. Yeah. Really, is any moderate Democrat could have been the one to fall on the sword, and who knows? Maybe they fucking drew straws, and he drew drew the short one, and so he had to be the one to fight this fight for the last six months. But the, the reality is, none of this shit was ever going to get passed because it objectively would make people's lives better, and that can't be allowed. And even more importantly, it was going to mildly cost something to corporate interests. There was there was going to be some sort of financial, uh, you know, impact on people who have more money than they could ever spend, so they couldn't allow it to pass. Um, but what's what's interesting to me is that the Biden presidency, in large part, was hinging on passing something here. That was meaningful. Oh yeah, no, they are and fucking. They're fucked now too. Even though Biden's as right wing Democrat as you can get, it's insane. Yeah, that the the progressives are being blamed when they are the progressive caucus were the ones fighting for Biden's stated agenda. Like for once, they were on on the president's right. side. They were on the same team. He may as well be saying like Biden is holding the thing hostage at this point. It's making any sense. The Democratic Party apparatus is over Biden. They don't care anymore. They suspect he won't run for a second term. So they know they have to deal with this whole process over again. They might have to deal with Trump again. So they're just trying to get some fresh blood in. They're trying to summon some new Uruks to run for president. Like, they don't care about people's lives getting better. They don't care about tax, you know, like, oh, well, they do care about the money interest. But my point is, they don't even care about letting Biden succeed and he's their man. They're yeah, willing they really to don't. let Biden fail. God, if if only Biden, if only Biden were more energetic and aggressive. Right, he could pull an FDR and he could like hold his fucking the Democrats at gunpoint in the in the fucking Oval Office. Or preferably, like, like, he could pull a Robespierre at this point. I mean, fuck it, he's he's not going anywhere. (laughs) Um, Speaking of Biden being abandoned by his own party, which is a completely baffling turn, let's talk about Biden's Trump-like poll numbers from Axios. What does that mean? Good or bad? Yeah, Great question. Know. Poll numbers are not consistent. The whole point is that they're fluid over time. Trump was very popular at certain points, very unpopular for most. There are certain numbers that are associated with Trump. Oh my god. We don't know what those fun. numbers are. Yeah. This is that. up there. This is in the top five most meaningless like political analyst things, uh, articles we've seen. We had that mm-hmm. one was like how this fight is unique and different. Like, no, it's the same as everything ever. This is uniquely nothingness. What if we could smear oh. Biden with Trump without any content? Right. <laughs> and they know that Trump will come up and be like, no, that's just bullshit. I, I'm not like Biden. Like, 
You're making me like it more and more. This is designed to piss off everyone. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wasn't a big fan of Biden. He stole the election. But, you know, if he has my numbers, then he's at least well, taking his uh, where, right where, where was this from? It's gonna be it's gonna be Trump Biden ticket twenty twenty four. Which which out which outlet was this from? This was from Axios. <laughs> what Axios did to Biden was very unfair. Like right, exactly. he could generally see the next couple of days. Trump is the loyalty. He'll absolutely team up with Biden. This is kind of this is unrelated, but I kind of was, this just makes me want to see a headline that says uh, <laughs> Bush's Hitler like paintings. Just, <laughs> exactly. I, I, yeah, but that's actually more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They are strikingly bad. Something cursed about those paintings. <laughs> um, yeah, that says that tells us nothing. Um, and uh, it also doesn't really make me want to click through the article. So I guess you, good job. You think this is Axios really reaching because they're really not that relevant? Like they they rarely come up on our show. For example, like th- this is not where the majority of people are getting the politics. Yeah, that's right. actually that's actually a good point because I used to hear about them all the time. Uh, I am surprised how little. Yeah, they were like, we're the fact checkers, and it's like, oh, we yeah. have Trump as president. Fact checking means literally nothing. Uh, time to do bullshit. Yeah, yeah, they got like a spike of popularity through like their, their video interviews with Trump and but, like exactly. But like to to my, what I'm trying to you know to elucidate what I'm trying to say. No, oh, yeah, like yeah. there's a there's an additional interest here, an additional layer of bias. Which is the outlet's attempt to become more relevant. Which in the you know you wouldn't have, Murrow didn't have to worry about like retweets and growing his fucking Twitter followers, but like Axios does. So there's an interesting extra dimension that social media in the modern tech you know uh, internet age has added to the coverage of news, and it's all bad. It's bad, folks. Yeah, it, it's a it's a bad turn. Um, it's like that that I re- I ended up reading that article that. I posted about like you know whatever Rikers prisoners take over jail. It was oh actually, God, why would you read? It, it was actually not at all as as sensationalist or or reactionary as but I. It had to be that way to get people. Exactly, yeah. it was actually like talking about how bad things are there. But yeah, still fuck them for choosing that headline. But this seems like the same thing, uh, and except it doesn't even try to tell a story. It just right. This one doesn't even have right wing framing. It's just like nonsense. Just gobbledygook. Like I, I have like a forty percent suspicion that it has some sort of right wing framing, but I can't prove it because it's like a sentence <laughs> fragment. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like a half of an idea. What are the numbers mean? Right, this isn't even a proper sentence. Yeah, it's literally a sentence fragment of the headline. Where's the verb? Yeah, it's, what it's pretty incredible. Say? Show me the numbers, Mason. Come on, Biden Trump poll number. You better. Yeah. God damn it. Speaking of inscrutable headlines as part of this Trump to Biden pipeline <laughs> from CNN, Biden says families separated at the border under Trump won't receive $450,000. But the one separated under him will? I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, fuck you if you got caught under Trump. Blame Trump for this. <laughs> Aiden says you won't receive $450,000. There's so many questions I had reading this headline. Well, do you know what the base story is? The base story is about a lawsuit that's being filed for all these families that were basically illegitimately kidnapped. Right. And a lot of them might get recompensed depending on how badly they were treated. So it's not clear if Biden's saying, like, no, that won't happen. Or he's he's narrowing it, saying, like, that won't happen for any of the Trump ones because somehow it's your fault. Like, (laughs) you're a Trump supporter if you got caught under Trump. Well, it's like it's not his obligo- yeah, uh, you know, obligation. Them in. Trump. Story yeah, going I mean, on. I'm not sure if you got to it, but it's time for a Jason interrupt. Where oh, cool. um, 
this happened at, like state levels where some states overpaid people uh for unemployment during covid mm-hmm. and the government wanted to like carte blanche just have it all returned at once and just tell everyone who got overpaid to give it back at once and the state ag was like we can't do that we have to do it case by case and the government was like mm, that's a lot of work i, I guess we're not gonna <laughs> recoup it <laughs> i guess yeah, we can either, we can either rob people, people or not recoup it yeah Jesus it was really Christ. funny. It was like they're too lazy to govern. <laughs> I, I would like, we can't just take all their money back. One of the other reasons I, I picked this ridiculous headline was because the framing kind of screamed to me like pandering to kind of vaguely right wing xenophobia by being like, good, those illegals won't get our money. Like, that's, that's the feeling I got kind of reading this. Like, don't give them social security. Because there, there were other, there's always articles that are like, Will illegals get, you know, benefits in our country? Not under my watch. See, I think it's actually a different framing. I think the specific language from the headline is yeah. trying to pretend that this is not happening under Biden. Yeah. Because the specific inclusion of under Trump under tries to pretend and lie that this is not also happening under Biden. Yeah, well, that's the beauty of CNN, right? They can pitch to neoliberals and sort of center-right people at the same time. They can pitch a, a xenophobic thing against immigrants while also saying Biden's doing what he needs to be doing. And you could write the inverse article uh, called, you know, uh, families separated at the border under Biden getting treated much better than they were under Trump. Like, right. they're both doing the same thing. They're, all the people being treated the same. They're all both getting no compensation. But they can decide at fiat to frame it as if the Biden version's nicer and friendlier and snugglier and not as bad and the Trump Trump version bad. Fiscal conservative Biden tightens America's belt by not compensating America's victims. Like that's kind of what this feels like as you said. But see, as you, just to our last story, like why is the media standing up for Biden when the fucking actual Democrats won't? It's it's, it's bizarre. It's just muscle memory at this point. They don't know what the fuck to do. After Trump, they're just looking for anyone who's not in. Like, they're playing on the last patch. Like, they're on the last update. Yeah. They haven't gotten the new info, which is like, no, we're done with Biden. Yeah, because the, the new info has, like, corrupt data. Because <laughs> no one knows what the fuck is going on. <laughs> failed to launch. It to revert their drivers. Oh, my God. In our final Biden article, um, <laughs> Biden also doesn't seem to know what's going on. He, uh... In, asleep at this in Fox Business... No, just politically. Biden... Russia can't manipulate natural gas for political purposes. Oh, sorry, this was the hell. The last one was. Yeah. It has been said. He says so. No take back. He is. <laughs> they do, they can't do it. Oh, you mean they're they're one of their. Like, this is literally can't be patched. Their most, <laughs> their most important political strategy. He said it. Supplying mo- most of Europe with power. <laughs> no fair. <sighs> See, this is why I love Biden. Yeah. Because these are bangers. It's like, it's you know, it's like the Pope was like, you can't use Christianity for political gain. It's, it's a point. You, you can't be a fundamentalist. Yeah, okay, Pope. Like, what are you, what are you saying? Like, honor code? Like, Bro, he, pinky, be, he pinky promised with Putin. Putin, if you want to be my best friend, you can't do this. Uh-uh. <laughs> Oh, I, just, I don't even know. Dude, if you want to come over for dinner later, you you, you got to consult with your oligarchs to not do this. It's not, yeah. it's not cool, bro. I'm not gonna call you. You said Jared. that was home base. You can't be tagged there. This is fantastic. Holy shit! 
I just want to, I just want to know what world Biden is in. Like, is this, does Biden think he's still negotiating with like Khrushchev? I, I just don't, I don't know who he thinks he's talking to. He's just imagining things. It's just, it's just really incredible. Or maybe he thinks he's talking to like Yeltsin or someone the U.S. basically owns. He's in like, uh, he's in like, uh, being John Malkovich. He's like, he's like occupying <laughs> different people. God damn. I love it. <laughs> Biden's the best. It's just so incredible. You can't get me to hate Biden. Well, you, you can't get me to, li- to like actually forgive Biden for his evil, but you can make me laugh at him about it. Okay, he's but very he's, funny. He's way funnier than Obama and Trump. Oh, yeah. Like, as far way as funny. evil people go, he has some of the most entertaining, ridiculous shit that he does. He's like a, he's like a Larry David character. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. The writing he, on this season of President has been fantastic. Yeah, he's, kind of, he's kind of becoming a magnificent bastard. Like, he's kind of becoming one of those, like, you hate him, but he's also very, there's something very entertaining about him that you kind of have to see. Who's, um, who's that Giancarlo Esposito? He's like, the villain you, that's great. Oh, yeah. wait, what a strong villain for that season. Um, interestingly, he really carried the show. Despite the absurdity of, of that headline, it is interesting to get headlines that basically acknowledge what is the case, which is that almost all international uh, almost all countries do basically cooperate on various economic interests and military interests because war is extremely expensive and pointless most of the time. And basically talking about the exact same meeting, I assume, from New York Times, rivals on world stage, Russia and U.S. quietly seek areas of accord. Good. Which, right, of course it's good. It's just, it's funny that that framing, which is almost certainly the most accurate description of what's going on, is the same thing in which he's like, you can't do gas. The world becomes the world becomes objectively safer when the largest economic and military powers make agreements. Mm-hmm. Have you ever played StarCraft or Age of Empires and you align with the other strongest player to shit on some other guy? For well, that, yeah, that, that makes it sound like we're just aligning to like crush Zimbabwe. For that and... time period, there is more <laughs> relative peace. That's how yeah. it works. They're achieving Re- a cultural victory instead. Rel- <laughs> relative peace sounds like such an such an ominous phrase. Relative peace is the is my autobiography. Yeah, it was a it was a relative peace involved shooting. Uh, exactly. I'm a relative peacekeeper. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, that, that's that's great. A, that's a good ju- juxtaposition right there. I'm loving it. Yeah, again, I, I actually think this article was perfectly fine. Like as far as it was framed, it was just interesting to see the exact same thing described in a in completely baffling and completely logical way. It's also. Um, just going back to the, to the the last one, which we basically just laughed at. It's also just so ironic, considering how how loose we are with sanctions, which are basically just that. It's basically just flexing yeah. economic power yeah. to cause suffering and influence. And it's it's very funny in a dark way. Yeah. Moving into sort of some sort of other international news involving capitalism. Wait, there's more than America. And America and Russia are the only two countries. Actually. Yeah, uh, it was <laughs> well, still I can in the see from my war. house, so I know it's there. Yeah. Uh, from BBC, how Japan's new prime minister is promising a new capitalism. Hell yeah, capitalism 2.0. Let's go. <laughs> We're, we've Man, been waiting a long time for. I it. cannot think of an economic system that is worse at rebranding than capitalism. My it's going to be like new Coke. We have to really quickly switch yeah. back to. Capitalism classic is no right, one buying correct. it. Yes, that's not a joke. That will happen. <laughs> we call it neo feudalism. Yeah. 
we call it neo capitalism. They just have, <laughs> and they just yeah. and you have them switch the N and yeah. the O and the E and it spells out one again. No, it's just capitalism, but the last A is a four. Do you know how one country with an incredibly aging population and a declining economy can change a system that controls the entire international community? <laughs> They're gonna unilaterally change capitalism. <laughs> yeah, but so here's a question. Is this article written on like their behalf to convince people in Japan? Or is this written by some like dipshit in America like, see, Japan has a better way. Like it's an infomercial. There's I, gotta be a better way to capital. I think <laughs> from the framing it is a interview or uh like coverage of something the Japanese Prime Minister was saying. I don't think it's like a Westerner. You know, I it would be very funny to me if this is just like you know, a press blast. And yeah. they're they're actually like they've realized that capitalism is not the way for Japan to to really um sustain itself so they're actually moving towards like complete socialism but they just they know that they can't let the u.s <laughs> onto that so they're like right. this is this is new capitalism um, I, you're right aiden i bet you could successfully market socialism as capitalism this is quote unquote planned capitalism <laughs> Which Structurally is adjusted capitalism. Which is capitalism when you think really hard about it. Yeah. No, you just uh, call it like free capitalism. And there's, yeah. a, and there's a bullshit freedom index, which really just maps onto like how are poor people doing. Like, just like the real freedom index. You can successfully sell these dipshits something like this. Yeah, probably. Um, but I mean, Japan... We've come, it. We've come up with the third way, the fourth way. Because life quality in japan is generally good they have an enormous elderly population because they don't die as much so now they have an incredible bulk of like social programs they have to pay for for people who are largely out of the workforce. yeah they have some serious labor shortage. it's creating some pre really serious problems for them so, and they don't really like immigration because they're kind of a, a mono-ethnic state and they've so got a weird sexual culture so young people aren't reproducing and making families and buying the, all the influx of immigrants that usually temporary temporarily solves a problem like this by bringing young labor in isn't solving it so they got to do something because they're definitely having problems yeah i mean i think i think like median or median income has also been stagnated for a while so people are feeling like their the insane work culture that's often pushed there is not really worth it anymore yeah it's uh yeah this huge office level burnout of like bureaucrats japan's got some issues so you know what good luck new pm i think i'm gonna read this article i'm interested to see what this is about yeah, finally sold you on one. Yeah, um, <laughs> one in one thousand. Well, don't worry, you won't read the next one. This is from the Hill. <laughs> General <laughs> My Miley, Millie, whatever his name is. Who? The guy who was beefing with Trump, um, General Milley. U.S. absolutely could defend Taiwan from China. Uh huh. While we're in while we're in the South China Sea, I figured I'd, I'd bring this one up. What is what is the backstory of this guy of Millie? All right, I'll briefly cover that then. This was the guy who he was he's been famous in like neoliberal MSNBC type circles because he said he wouldn't help Trump do a coup, and then <laughs> and then Trump is hey, like, hey, what I, a bar. Trump's like, hey, if I was gonna do a coup, coup it wouldn't have been with you because you're a loser. Like he, he couldn't even say was he right. wasn't gonna do a coup. He was like, I just didn't like this guy. He he's too much of a pussy to have been the guy who I would have done a coup with, even though I wouldn't have done a coup, but I might have. But I wouldn't have. But I might have. Right. And so he got really big in these these sort of neolib circles for that reason, for because he was like an anti-Trump guy. But he's also an idiot. <laughs> like he's also still a reactionary general idiot. And now he's saying 
we, the United States, could defend the island off of China from a nuclear-armed China, <laughs> while also it's like five miles from them and 10,000 from us. I don't understand. Hasn't the U.S. military and like the Iranian military and all the major militaries already run these war games and realized that you can't do that? Like, you can't, you yeah. can't invade landlocked countries and you can't defend islands? Like, it doesn't work? The idea that we would commit the military resources to defeating China in Taiwan is laughable and absurd. We couldn't defeat them in Korea. This is not worthy of discussion. Right, um, we couldn't do this in the 50 fucking years ago. We couldn't defeat them in Korea when we had an even more overwhelming military advantage over China. What the fuck is he right, talking about? like 10 times more powerful since then. Yeah. Holy shit, shut the fuck up, Millie. I mean, the, the whole thesis of like a of the nuclear era is that is that you can't go to war with other nuclear powers like right that's the entire thesis that's the apparently know, they forgot their foreign benefit. policy for the last hundred fucking years yeah because this guy just want to get shamed on the internet by trump holy shit but this is this is msnbc hero millie talking the most reactionary hogwash about you know, international imperialism as anyone. Like, that's, I just, it's that's just gotta be a new segment. Reactionary hogwash. It's just, it's just <laughs> to me, the most ridiculous thing about this is that we keep making these heroes out of like these anti Trump figures, and they're all pieces of shit. Oh, don't say we. We don't keep doing that. No, not that's us. What MSNBC do. <laughs> Mainstream media that calls themselves center or center yeah, left. Fuck that. I don't give a shit what MSNBC thinks they are. They're idiots. Well, I don't disagree. It's such a fat one. This just completely reeks of like dipshit jock says he could fist fight a lion. Right, it's a guy who says I could jump that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. (laughs) I I fought a shark. Okay. See, the difference is with those kind of situations, you'd be like, all right, go do it, bro. You know, (laughs) then it's just funny. Whereas in this case, it would like end the world. Yeah, that's true. No, it just um, never happened. This is th- it, once again. We we've talked about this before. I think like saber rattling isn't actually saber rattling when you have no one when you can't uh, bluff this. Like it's not. We know you have twos. We saw your hand. Yeah, you can't win. The, you can't win the the when like when the, the when the cards come out. Like yeah, shut up. In many ways, the era just of bloviating of effective brinksmanship is is well past. At least when it comes to to major powers. Now it's just kind of yeah. wasting everyone's time. Um, but good article, and you're right. I won't be reading it, so <laughs> congrats, Nostradamus. Thanks, The Hill. Um, this, is an, this is a crisis that's almost as serious as a possible nuclear war between China and the United States. From ABC News, Syrians face deportation from Turkey over banana videos. <laughs> Seven Syrians face deportation from Turkey after posting videos of themselves eating bananas on social media amid wider complaints about the supposed lifestyle of refugees. Wait, huh? It's the subhead I thought was relevant. I, I, it, <laughs> what's the, pro- the problem is we're eating bananas? How dare you eat bananas when people are hungry? Are bananas yeah. seen as like a delicacy, as some kind of exotic luxury? No, they're like a staple of, of like North African food and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I have no idea why that would be bad. <laughs> I, I thought at first before we got before we got to the end that it was going to be like some extreme homophobia or something. Right, right yeah, was yeah. banana some kind of uh, co- uh, 
Is Erdogan bans uh, the eating of phallic objects. Is this some kind of a lemon party we're talking about, or a squid yeah, exactly. game? Like, I'm not like, yeah, 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 squid game. <laughs> you <laughs> must. Oh, you must... oh, don't you worry. Our next episode, we're tackling squid game. Oh no, um, you must. Oh, yeah. I'm doing it. You must chop up your banana before you eat it on video. Um, Weird. So, is there some kind of? Do they? You know, this happens a lot when like um, Westerners go to Asian countries and they like chew gum loudly and throw it on the ground. Or like yeah. smoke pot, or spray paint some wall. Like, like there's, there are, you know, each country has their own rules and laws and cultural customs and you know things that are taboo. So, is this some kind of like absent accidental faux pas taboo that these Syrians, because they're new here, have like stepped into that like they didn't realize they were breaking the rule, or is it, or is it like that Turkey didn't like that they were being braggadocious on the internet? I mean, I just want to point out. I mean, what's the issue? I, I was just gonna say it's. I mean. From what, what what we've been given, it sounds like eating bananas was is supposed to be an example of how pitiful the rations they're being given are. No, I think it's the other way around. Why would why would why would Turkey deport them for bra- bragging, and why would Syrians have access to like? I better- think it's saying uh, Turkey was saying. Uh, once again, I could be totally wrong here. I have no idea. But we but all in, in my in my in my brain my my. Mind's castle. In your mind verse. Yeah, Erdogan is like we'll only take immigrants so long as their lives are miserable. And then, <laughs> and then he like pulls up like Turkish internet, and he sees Syrians like doing TikTok dances with bananas. He's there like, really I will is, not stand for this. There really is Turkish internet because how much shit is censored. That's actually kind of funny. Yeah, the um, phrase Turkish internet was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Guys, do do you have high speed Turkish internet? He goes he searches on Turkle or whatever their Google equivalent is. Like yeah. to me, it's they're not being uh like demure enough. They're not they're not acting lowly like the like the homeless poor immigrants they are. They're like living it up, and that's not cool. Like they should I, feel bad. I will point they're out they're not feeling bad, so we're gonna deport them. To that's get to my the question thing. of like, did know. they not understand cultural customs or something? Syria and Turkey share a border. I know, but they're not that far apart. I mean, yes, there's Turkish culture versus Arab versus Kurdish culture, but like, chances are they know the custom. Like, chances are they understand whether you can eat a banana and how to eat a banana. Um, So my suspicion is this was an intentional protest, and the reason that they're getting thrown out is because they made any effort at protest, no matter how ridiculous. But the pro, um, so you're saying the banana is like a political statement? Yeah, almost certainly in some way. I don't know how, but probably. <laughs> it's like the people are getting like banned from Chinese internet because they're posting like Winnie the Pooh, Xi Jinping. It's yeah, but that, but, like, but I don't know what the fuck that means either. But it means something to him. That one's well established. the The joke is Xi Jinping kind of looks like a picture of Winnie the Pooh. Right. There's not like a lot of political content there. So it, right. It's, it's just like a political cartoon. But that one at least makes sense. Like the guy, just, leader of country, does not like getting insulted. People found a low bar way to insult him. He's mad about it. But this, right. like, what is the banana representing? Who is Erdogan a banana? Like, is there like a no footage of him like in a banana costume? Like, what? What's is the he, relationship? Is he overripe and spotted? Like, I don't know. Ah, ah, he's like an uh, old banana. Yeah, that's what I. That's the only thing I can imagine. He's old as shit and a piece of crap. Like, I mean, I we know how Erdogan's thin skinned he is. Remember, yeah. everyone, when he came to America. During I was it must have been when Trump was in office. Yeah, Erdogan yeah. came to DC and he brought a bunch of goons out of like an action movie and just <laughs> yeah. beat the fuck out of American protesters. It was, it was literally it was literally the people that the hero would have beaten up or killed during the action sequence that followed. It was the kind of like random thugs that just brutalized bystanders and protesters. 
Um, it felt like I was watching the Shah in the seventies or something. It was very fucked up. But the the end of the day, my other suspicion is that this is just Kurds. It's Syrian Kurds versus Turkish Kurds, and Turkey's just mm. looking for any excuse to get rid of Kurds because they're always trying to get rid of Kurds. Um, so it could just be that. Interesting. Um, so there's, there's a lot of possibilities that are actually more interesting here. Unfortunately, despite the title and the very long subhead, we still have no idea what the fuck. I like I like my mind verse better. <laughs> yeah, yours is more fun. Um, I also secretly hope mine's right. Yeah. Well, we might find out. We might not. And could be. Well, speaking of normal state reactions to problems, from theguardian.com, Brazilian police kill 25 suspects allegedly part of a bank robbery game. Allegedly. They had to kill all 25. See, at least, at least they're saying we had some possible reason to kill them. And not just we're cleaning out some, uh, some, uh, what do I call them? Uh, oh, fuck my brain. Uh, but like, we're just swiping out, sweeping just, out some favelas. Yeah, yeah we're just ethnic cleansing. Right. I mean, that's what they would normally do. I mean, uh, literally in 2005, around that era, when like UFC was getting popular, there yeah. was this uh, fighter in the UFC from Brazil, because obviously a lot of the fighters were from Brazil because of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. But this fighter, his big cool backstory that is that he was part of the Brazilian Special Forces. Right. And what that means is, and they showed footage of this kind of, it means he went into the favelas and shot browner people. Correct. Because he's lighter skinned. Like, the, if, the if fact that they even allege he's a part of a robbery gang is better than just as we, what they normally do. If you want a brief insight into this, there's a very good movie on it called City of God. Yeah. Yeah. Which depicts, actually, in a relatively tame but still brutal way, uh, the kind of violence that's typical in the poorer regions of Brazil, which is most of Brazil. Um, but it, I mean, this could really have just been that again. And they just said it was a robbery game. Like, we don't know because the police, there are so corrupt. Okay. Uh, yeah. hear, hear me out here. This is a bit of an extreme take, but is it possible that Bolsonaro has, <laughs> has had so many medical emergencies and treatments that he is a precog now? <laughs> He's like, I thought you were going to say he needs, he needs like child blood to stay alive or something. Also probably true, but. He, he's, he's, in the, he's in the yeah. bath. They've got the minority report screens. They're somehow yeah. 100 years ahead of everyone else. It's like drooling from his mouth. Like, gestures that one hollow screen. Well, like, God Emperor Mankind. He has, like, 7,000 different is, tables coming out of him. Yeah. Minority Report is not a memorable enough movie to, like, go deeper into this, this relationship. To go deeper also, into this analogy. The Brazilians would just shoot it because it's a minority. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they have their own. Oh man, there they are. There's. <laughs> uh. Oh boy, got him. Brazil already fucking hates me because I wrote an article like twenty years ago about how they're destroying the. Rainforest. Yeah, that is actually true. Brazil so hates I, I, me. I, I, I have nothing to lose. The state of Brazil does, in fact, dislike Alex. Yeah, I got so much hate. It was like one line in an article that's like completely unrelated. Maybe oh well. You never know who you're going to get. Um, in our last international news article, and it's not even really international, but it's at the end. So. From Business Insider once again, the UN says $6 billion from the world's billionaires could solve the hunger crisis. Elon Musk says he will sell Tesla stock and donate proceeds if the UN can prove that. I obviously saw the second half of this. Um... Yeah, Musk is going through a weird time, isn't he? Uh, the, 
the the billionaires have never been so insecure in world history. Yeah. I mean, he could literally fart out this because it's like a, a six of it, like a yeah. like six percent of his net worth. Yeah. And if this was true, I mean, even if it's not true, even if it's twice this or ten times this, he could still single-handedly solve it. And but he wants he, to say the math. But he's so insecure about and once again, this this beho- this undergirds our entire objection to this much wealth. People who have this much wealth know it's unethical. And that's why they're so insecure about trying to defend it and say, oh no, oh yeah, prove it, bro. Like, you know what you're doing is more wrong. Otherwise, you'd just be giving it away and helping people and doing stuff with it. Yeah, I don't know. This is this is sad. I don't even... I don't like talking about shit like this, because this is almost too real. Like, we're talking about... The other shit we're talking about all over the news. This is world fucking hunger. This is this yeah. is stakes and magnitude a thousand times anything we've discussed so far. Like, yeah, I mean, it's fucked. This is the man who recently made... I think thirty-six billion dollars in one day. This is sixteen percent of that. The fact that he needs anyone to qualify it when it will cost him that little of his wealth is is so. It just says so much. You know what? I'm doing it. I'm making another John being John Malkovich reference. If if Mr. Beast, all right, could wait, go wait, in- wait, 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 wait. Before I'm you never, go forward. <laughs> You objected to me, to me using Minority Report as not being relevant enough, and now you've used being John Malkovich twice? I, I'm going there. Oh, I've never seen the film. It's I, great. I don't know what you're talking about. If, if the, I, I forget Mr. Beast's real name, but if Mr. Beast could one day just hop in Elon Musk's brain and just be as charitable as he is normally, that would that could legitimately like solve cancer and hunger and all these issues. And I was... Uh, uh, what's it called? Fucking to, to briefly address the conspiracy theorists out there who like to talk about like the new world order and the one world government and all that shit. Okay, call me out. Uh, yeah, yeah, fucking wrecked. Um, if there was a world order, the amount of stability for their ill-gotten gains that they could achieve by just taking $6 billion to do this of any of the trillions that they've hoarded um, if they could act in a coordinated way to secure the world for their continued harvesting, they would. This shows you that there is no one at the rudder. There's no one at the helm. It's literally just a bunch of self-interested assholes who have to be persuaded to do the simplest of most basic ethical things that also advance their own interests. No one is in control of the shit. It is complete chaos. And even the richest people on earth for whom this would be a trivial thing for them to do alone aren't even really like, yeah, should I do it? I don't know. Maybe I should crowdfund it. No, they, they, they turned it into a meme. Yeah. With like, show me the receipts. If you go on JRE with me, and we debate yeah. it out like head yeah. of the UN, yeah, I'll exactly. do it. Smoke, <laughs> if the fucking head of the UN smokes weed with me and Joe Rogan, I'll consider it. Yeah, it, it's really incredible because, again, it would cost him in, an amount he will never feel or miss because you can never buy anything with the amount of money he even has, there's nothing that costs as much as his combined wealth other than like islands and building your own country or something. So just fucking do it. Like if you, if you, you're going to do it, then do it. If you don't, then shut the fuck up and you have no intention of doing it. Um, but this is why I mentioned Mr. Beast because Mr. Beast got popular doing like inane bullshit on the internet. And then he got a lot of followers and virality and money really quickly. And so he's like, I'll just be a, like a, a charity guy. And so he just raises ridiculous amounts of money for causes and helping random people. And once again, it's not, he's not, he's not perfect. He doesn't have a perfectly foundational ideology as to why he does it. Sometimes we'll just give a homeless guy like 10 grand and 
that might fucking ruin that guy's life. Who knows? But the point is, that's 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 not a an organized, efficient way to increase increase like overall well being. But it's not hurting really. So, just if if those were the billionaires, if those were the kinds of people in charge, good people who have ethics, th- we could solve a lot of the world issues, and we yeah. would, could we could get past the whole collective action issue. If it's- we just had rich individuals who are good do this. That'd be great, but the problem is, as we've talked about, when you get that rich, you lose that moral capacity. You no longer see human life as having the value. The only you don't thing that tend has to get value that rich. Your, your net worth. You don't tend to get that rich if you had the ethics in the first place. Exactly. That, that's what I'm saying. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is and this is far from an isolated incident. Like, if you look at someone like Gates, who's supposedly famous for his philanthropy, the no, it's all Kovacs, IP. The like Kovacs thing that he was supposedly doing to like make sure that vaccines get to the rest of the world. Even besides the fact that it's utterly failed to do that, he tried to fund it from other people's donations. He set up like, can you donate to make sure Kovacs works? It's like you're like one of the top like five richest people on earth. You could have funded the whole thing in a heartbeat. He only it only needed like five hundred million. Like it, it was something that would have been so negligible to achieve for someone of his wealth that like when someone like that is like, let's do a charity drive. It's like, you're just like spitting in our face. Like just do it. You have so much power and influence for Christ's sake. Wield it. If you're going to wield it. It's for like good. when Sony did a fucking, uh, uh, what do they call it? What do they call the, what's the old crowdfunding website? Old, not Kickstarter. Or- Kickstarter. Oh. Right. When Sony did a Kickstarter for Shenmue three, it's like motherfuckers. You're a multi-billion-dollar company, right? It's like what you are don't you need doing? crowd money to make Shenmue. It's just like that. It is yeah. is just like the that. The only good thing about having very rich people, as you were saying, is that maybe they can do some sort of noblesse oblige. They're not even doing that. They're just like, what if you paid for my noblesse oblige? It's incredible. It's the incredibly absurd hubris of like they want all the adulation in the world for having ripped us off, and they still don't want to pay for it. And they might, but they don't want to pay for that. They still don't want to pay for anything. They don't even want to do the one thing that would cost them basically nothing to get goodwill. You know what it feels uh, like? It feels like those rat experiments we did where we put, like, cocaine in the rat's water cuppy thing. Yeah. And they just, like, drank themselves to death because, like, number go up. That's the only calculation being done by billionaires. Does my number go up or not? Does big number go up? Like, they're addicted to it. Yeah, they have problems. They need to go to rehab, money rehab. They're so obsessed and convinced with the idea that they have earned every dollar that that they have to their value, and they cannot, they cannot, you know, systemically. This belief seems to spread. No one can have this charity unless they have earned it, and even when they have earned it, as Alex says, it has to mostly come from like grants from the government or from other people or. Whatever. Yeah, the taxpayers pay it, and it's, even if they don't earn it, that's not what cha- charity is. Is by definition unearned, right? It's, not, it's no longer charity. It's just it's a, it's a need, need, not anything else. Yeah, it's really incredible. All right, well, uh, let's just meme Elon Musk until he's shamed into giving all this money to solve hunger. That'd be great, and that's the only language he fucking speaks. Well, we've done it. We've admitted that we don't. That we're not big fans of billionaires. Well, I'd like to think that at least when these people die, we can move past their inherited wealth nah. and their and their power. But what what's that? <laughs> the highest paid dead celebrities of 2021. Thanks to an insatiable demand for proven hitmakers, there is a bonanza in the boneyard 
Over the last year, the total earnings for the 13 best compensated dead celebrities has tripled to nearly a billion dollars. This is from Forbes. Uh, surprising because you included the uh, like subtitle. Yeah. Still not enough information to be useful. Are they talking about Michael Jackson and like stream numbers? Are they talking about the estates of certain people? Are they talking about people who died this year? Like, you know, once again, pe rich people are not individuals in a vacuum. They have families, they have estates, they have relatives, they have people who take care of their money. Like, they, have, are, they are entire organizations, essentially. And it makes sense in a year where people were isolated that they'd engage in entertainment and distractions. And some of that's going to include amongst the, you know, dead artists. Very strange. This one is deserves a read because they're being coy with the, the yeah. language. Yeah, it was a particularly weird one. I don't think there's too much to say because I mean, this is not like the real profiteers. It's just like, of course not. This is this is a drop in the bucket compared to actual business like leaders. But it is funny to me that it's almost presented as like a funny goof that people who can't possibly benefit from this wealth, their estates are just accruing money. For no purpose whatsoever. Yeah, but once again, just like we were talking about the noblesse oblige, like those estates can do good, useful stuff with that money. Let's hope, yeah. And often they do. Often, you know, once again, like almost every like successful football player makes some foundation that helps people in their hometown where they came from and helps them get meals. Like it's it's good. It's nice. It's fun charity stuff. The problem is it's just not scalable. It's not yeah. scalable on the level of governments or just global policy. Yeah, it's it's a weird niche case. I like, I think it's 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 more palatable if it's going to their descendants for me, but also that amount of money, obviously, shouldn't. Yeah, it's not useful if it's going to just incorporated entities or or estates. But there's no apparatus to distribute it usefully otherwise. I think it's yeah, just a small illustration of of like inefficacy, once again. In a perfect instance, we're just having an estate tax that captures this and puts it back to the public wheel would not even harm the original people because they're dead. It, would, it wouldn't harm the supposed earners even in the right. capitalist frame. Just let that money at least help we people. Have then. So we, still faith. we have so little faith in our governments and institutions to spend that money well that we, we as a culture and society prefer it to stay amongst the estate. Yeah, Joe Biden really? is holding the estate tax hostage. Um... Speaking of the other end of when people die and things go wrong, from the HuffPost, COVID-19 victim reportedly dissected at ticketed event without family's consent. The man's body was used as the centerpiece of a public autopsy event in front of a paying audience. What the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? Dude is also like a World War II veteran, I think. Look, I... I've been recently watching this very interesting channel on YouTube called Institute of Human Anatomy. They make really interesting videos, and it's really cool to learn about human anatomy. They're, they're great. But, like, it's not a... Are we, like, 1920? What the fuck? One, an autopsy in the first place requires the consent of the family. So the fact that they could make this some, some kind of weird-ass public demonstration is really, uh... Just, uh... What's the word I'm looking for? Like morose or like uh macabre? macabre like yeah macabre it's just like weird it's creepy it's got a, it's got like a creepy pasta aspect to it yeah i i i don't know why this happened i mean i think it was like a body donated to science 
kind of thing. But generally speaking, you're not supposed to profit off of that. Like you're not supposed to create a ticketed event where you pay money to see someone get and, cut and over. And they're clearly marketing on the on the the like titillating aspect that they died from COVID. Yeah, I, I would assume like, so. Here's yeah. the lungs of someone with COVID. Here's the spleen of someone with like come on. That is it shouldn't be a public event. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's grim and unsettling. Is all I really have to say. It's like this could happen to you, kind of feeling to it. Um, it's like a haunted house. They've got like the bowl of spaghetti and like, come on, <laughs> this is weird. Would you Would say they do that... this on Halloween? Is that what this is from? Uh, actually, they're kind of trash. <laughs> it was just a prank, bro. Would you say that you're spooked? I'm a little spooked, if I'm being honest. Yeah, we're spooked. <laughs> AI is starting to have big real-world impact, says Expert from The Guardian. Sorry, what? This, but what? Can they get specific, maybe? No. <laughs> Let's get specific, maybe. Like, are That's, they Skynet? Uh, are they iRobot? Are, like, are they Hal? Like, come on, tell us what's happening. We have to know what to be afraid of. They'll just have us being generically afraid. It's it's no reason to panic. It's just enough reason to be spooked. <laughs> yeah, we've got to, uh, Biden has a meter in his in his in the Oval yeah. Office, and we're we're in the yellow spooked zone. We're not yet in, like the orange panicked or the red like red alert like command and conquer. <laughs> they, bring, they bring out the yeah the the fucking Donald Rumsfeld holding the chart. Yeah, we're in orange. <laughs> Monster Mash starts quietly playing in the background. Yeah. Working in the AI lab late one night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wow, a real plethora of of vague articles, article headlines this week of just just enough to kind of give you a topic and not enough to really give you any substantive information. Really, they've really honed in on it. Uh, the news apparatus. Um, it's, yeah, it definitely feels like that. Please read on because we, we just are not giving you a complete sentence. Yeah. Please uh, read on. Poor article. Yeah. Our article needs more porridge. It's not because we need more ad clicks. I think they could do better, though. This one's not even that like inciting or uh, scandalous. They, they could have used better language, I think. The best they could come up with is we're spooked. Yeah. Or at least release this like two weeks after the iRobot 2 trailer or something. Like, give us a give us <laughs> yeah, a at least get a business I, at least cultural get a, relevance. Yeah. Or like Terminator. Or, or like anything that makes it seem as though the public is supposed to be afraid of this ridiculous thing. Um, all right. I got a couple articles left, and they're both from my caddy bullshit uh, section. Mm, excellent. Uh, th this one from Yahoo. Didn't we uh, already have that with the mansion thing? Yeah, but he, it was kind of a, it was a hybrid. Video appears to show Melania Trump turning away and rolling her eyes immediately after smiling next to husband Donald Trump at a World Series game. This <gasps> made gigantic news. <laughs> this was everywhere yeah. a day or two ago. Yeah, I know. I don't care about a former president's marriage. Stop thinking I care. Stop pretending I care. Stop trying to make me care. We get it. She's a fucking, like, Ukrainian wife. Like, came in a box. We don't care. 
I, I, if, if, I, if I'm not friends with them, if I'm not related to them, I don't care about anyone else's marriage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People still obsessed with this shit. You don't want to analyze the former first lady's microaggressions and micro. You already saw it when she was being microaggressive towards Americans. When she had that shirt with like some bullshit line on, like "fuck y'all" opinion on me. Like, get it? She's dumb and like makes faces because she wants to just be on Real Housewives of Ukraine. She's going to hold out until he either divorces her or dies, so she gets the money. The problem is what, he won't what the die. Fuck else, like, why else do you think she's still there? Do you why won't you die? He just won't die. They're, they're acting as though she's there. It's like, she may not be in love with him anymore. It's like, that's not why these kinds of people even get married, you asshole. Yeah, he's a heinous bastard. Right. An obvious misogynist. Did anyone think he, any he's human... He's really a great lover. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, you know what? I, now I have this vision... Of Trump, of Trump, like playing fancy like for her. He takes her to Applebee's, and he's like, "What? They've got they've got a great steak." I just picture uh, I picture that horrible scene in Always Sunny where Frank is is like a Native American and yeah. in uh, <laughs> lethal, weapon lethal Weapon and is like five. grunting and struggling to make love to someone. Like that's what I imagine is the best he could pull off, and it really is not a compelling picture. Ellen Barley. Yeah, exactly. Not, it's not a compelling picture for why Better than Biden. Biden. Ooh. Oh, God. That's the title. Okay. Um, and because apparently they're the queens and kings of, of cattiness, this is also a Yahoo article. Yahoo. Are they trying to be the TMZ? And uh... Apparently. McAuliffe claims everyone clapped. When he argued parents shouldn't be involved in school <laughs> curriculum. <laughs> okay, this is great because this is a combo of like five different political gaffes over the last yeah. couple of years. This is this is the Jeb Bush, everyone please clap. This is the Buddha gig calling Nevada after yeah. like five votes came in. And this is um that's about it. No, it's the, it's the internet meme of everyone clapped. Right, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And did also didn't he lose? Oh, good question. I think he ended up losing. Yeah, he lost. <laughs> that makes it even better. He truly is the Jeb Bush of the Democratic Party. Holy shit. I clapped when... Oh, oh yes, what is? It's Red Letter Media. I clapped when I saw them. <laughs> A-T-S-T. But I like that it's claims like we can't even verify that they clapped. How could you clap? No, that's that's I couldn't even tell whether they clapped. Trust also, me, how bro. Could you slap? It's so many memes at once. This is oh meme overload. God. They totally clap, bro. I'm so happy that guy's a success, successful actor now. Did you ever hear that, that Aiden? No. How could she slap guy? Yeah. He yeah, got yeah, fuck yeah. his shit beat in super hard. Turns out to be a really successful actor in India now. The hero we truly deserve. There we go. The sequel everyone asked for. But yeah, this article kind of me felt like the perfect condensation of all nonsense articles about politics and, and <laughs> celebrities at once. <sighs> and I'm guessing this is some response to like all the meetings where parents are like fucking COVID is gay, like all the all the insane parents going to PTA meetings and going to local like board of ed meetings and being insane. I really <laughs> hope that when his opponent won the election against him. It was called the opponent claps back. 
I'm winning the election. <laughs> oh yeah, now you're a Republican strategist, Alex. Sorry. Yeah, that, that's the article. I mean, it makes it's, memes. I'm just waiting for it. The I, so I, I I googled McAuliffe. Um, just I, was, I wanted to make sure that he did lose. You know, I was pretty sure, but it, the the Either. fact that, that this is so petty is so much funnier. Was like one of the first results that comes up from from the New York Times, which is McAuliffe shows how you lose gracefully. <laughs> Once again, Democrats love nothing more than losing with grace in class. It is their favorite thing in politics. To to give the the the, the peak of being a Democrat is to write the best damn concession speech ever written. <laughs> We tried, folks. Holy we tried shit. our best. Fuck well, the Democratic Party up the ass. Nobody okay. tries. Yeah, go ahead. No, go. No, you go. We're going to the same place. Here. Nobody tries less hard to win against the Republicans or harder to win against the left than the Democratic Party, as evidenced by this versus by Byron Brown. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're they're such hard workers. They're, they work so hard to win elections as long as it's against a left wing person. Republicans, ah, oh, who cares? Just pass the ball back and forth. They're just that. They're just the the. Ad infinitum, Eric Andre meme. Who could have done this? The, yeah. The Democratic and Republican Party view themselves as babysitters. Babysitters are not parents. Ba babysitters don't teach the child how to live life, how to be a good person. They, they just are there to make sure things stay in order. A, 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 a socialist coming in is someone trying to give different parenting. A fascist psycho coming in is someone trying to give different parenting? The babysitter that can't fly. We can't allow that. We just have to keep whatever the status quo was. We can't have the kids learning new things, trying new things, discovering things, absorbing new cultural information. No. They're just there to collect a paycheck and buy time for those who are really in charge, the money to just the parents, to go do whatever the fuck they want out of the house. Yeah, it's, it's a babysitter substitute teacher model. Yeah, I mean, it's becoming more and more... They're becoming more and more obvious with the fact that they're not really that vested as an establishment in the state or the culture even. It's all about the, the economic economic system and about those who benefit from it. Uh, they've completely divorced that from the reality of, of what governing really means, which is the people who don't often benefit from that and, and usually suffer beneath it in our current system. Um, yeah. as, the, as the children of the world... It is our time to fire the babysitter and renounce our parents and demand emancipation and self-direct where we want to go with our lives. That's my message to America and to the time world. To, time to fly the nest, America. Kill your parents, fire your babysitter. <laughs> Metaphorically. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean want, go for emancipation. Metaphorically. Meta metaphorically kill your parents. <laughs> that also could be the title of this episode. <laughs> In Minecraft. Yeah, ex yeah, exactly. I'm loving it. Um, I think at this point, the the, the Democratic Party's uh, commitment to like, what is it? The, the sort of supposed virtues of process and democracy mm -hmm. is about as serious as the Republicans' commitment to like deficit scolding and deficit hawkery. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's the thing they always say and never do, um, which is you know, it's that that is kind of the intro to American politics. It's all lies. <laughs> Every single one of the postures and does the opposite. Um, but yeah. I, I like that children of the world rallying cry, Jays. That, that's we are the world. Come on, we people are now. The children. Yeah. Well, this has been a, a wild ride. I had a great and, time. Uh, let's hope 
that uh, uh-huh. I don't know. There's not a lot to hope for. And you let's know who's hosting we... next time. Yeah, let's hope that our next episode is good. <laughs> That's about all I can say. Because um, this was a fucking train wreck, even though, you know. All right, insert curb music here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got some bangers. All right, folks. Well, (laughs) but you can't wait for next episode now that he's teased you. (laughs) But wait, there's more next week. (laughs) Stay tuned. All right, folks. See you next time. See you next time. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoy what we do here at the Non-Essential Workers Podcast and you want to support us, please check us out at patreon.com slash nonessentialworkerspodcast or by clicking the link below. For five bucks, you get access to the Patreon feed and twice, sorry, twice as many total episodes. How many more? I'll say it one more time for the back, twice. (laughs) Anyways, thanks and see you next time.